This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. This is the Golden Eagles podcast, hosted by Manly media manager Wayne Cousins, along with Sea Eagles Premiership winner and chairman of the Golden Eagles Association, Mark Bryant. Each week, Cuzzo and Boxy will be joined by a different Sea Eagles legend to relive some great moments from our proud history and to find out what each of the guys are up to now. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Now over to Cuzzo and Boxy with this week's special guest. And thank you for joining us once again on the Golden Eagles podcast. Boxy, good to see you. Great to be back again, Cuzzo. Good to we, see you, mate, as usual. Mate, we have to uh, thank you. We have to thank our uh, great listeners. We've had such positive feedback. Many people in, have been enjoying uh, the podcast, which is fantastic to hear. Great news. Always good to hear from uh, a few legends of the past uh, and certainly another legend we have with us today, which is uh, which is good news. Well, mate, this legend today, uh, he may never have pulled on the rugby league jersey for the mighty Sea Eagles, but he is manly through and through. I'm going to let you introduce this great man. Who is he? The great man, Warwick Bulmer. Now, I can say that Wok has been there at every great moment and probably every disappointing moment that I've had in a Seagulls jersey. Uh, obviously, the most uh, memorable being grand final victories. But Walker, uh, for anyone that doesn't know him, he leads the team song. He taught me how to sing it, and he's a, he's a great mate and one of our greatest uh, Golden Eagles members. Welcome, Wok. Good to have you. Yeah, it's nice to be here, boys. Mate, good to see you, and uh, like we said, uh, mate, everyone knows you on our videos, on our Facebook and website and Twitter, and as soon as they see you singing that Manly Team song with great gusto, it's what it's all about. Well, first of all, um, like we said, great to have you here. Now, you've been involved with the Seagulls since the 1970s. How did it all come about? Well, it came about, I, I'm originally from the country. I was born in Maxwell and grew up at Old Bar Beach, and I went to school in Taree, played footy up, up there, then I moved to Sydney and... I joined the tax office in 59 and I've spent the rest of my life there till I was there for 38 years. And I got married, married a tax girl and built a house at Beacon Hill and I was out for a run one day and bumped into a bloke and he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm not doing anything. He said, we need an under-13 side to be coached at Forestville. I'd never heard of bloody Forestville because I was from the <laughs> other side. It was funny when we built the house, I said to my wife, I said, we'll move over here for 12 months and we'll sell up and go back. And after 12 months, I said, the only way to get me out of here is feet first the pine box. So I, I just fell in love with the northern beaches and the people. And that's how then I got mixed up with the junior reps and Arco got hold of me one day and he, he couldn't believe I'd, I'd been hit knocking around for about five years. He couldn't believe I wasn't a member of the footy club. Here is when the offices were opposite the lease club where the car park is now. Arco had an office there sitting back in his big leather chair and he said, get a nomination form, go and see Merrill Jones, I think it was. Anyway, get a form, fill it out. He nominated me, got a second. He said, give me, it was five bucks to join the footy club and, and the rest is history. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? How it all begins. Uh, amazing how the stories start. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to, uh, you touched on Old Bar and Tari. I'm going to mention a name to you and I want you to tell me about this great man, Les Laurie. Les Laurie, yes. Les was sportsmaster at Tari High and... Uh, we were in the, the first 13 of school. We just played in the, in the North Coast Shield. Let's start that. They ran from Maitland to the border. And we won it back-to-back in 58 and 59. And Les was the coach. Les was years ahead of himself. Actually, when he died a couple of years ago, I went back up to Taree for Les's funeral. 
And um, that's what I thought. And a lot of the boys who were in that first 13 of school went back to say farewell to Les. That's how highly thought of he was. Yeah, well, that's why I asked you what about because uh, the school actually did a memorial for him. So they built a memorial and got all these uh, great former players and Wok, you were the team was undefeated and Wok actually scored I was reading about this Wok, you actually scored an 80 metre try yeah. tell us about that what'd you do chip chase what no it was against Woodlawn it was Woodlawn College I think we're the first state school ever, ever to be because they were a boarding school just out of Lisbon and uh, we played them at Tari Showground in the second round of the Shield and what happened they had a halfback a little bloke called Bobby Cannon came from a Willem Bar and Bobby they said he was known to throw these big, long passes. And I just went around and picked up an intercept. And uh, luckily, Harry Showground used to slope away <laughs> and run downhill. I had a fair start on him. And... 80 metres. Hey, how yeah. about that? Unbelievable. Now, uh, Walk, uh, tell us about the many roles you've had with the Seagulls over the year. Obviously, as a volunteer to begin with, and have continued right that through now. But tell us about some of the roles. Yeah, well, I was, I'd been a Harold Match selector, a Jersey Ball selector, Jersey Flag selector, the old Presidents Cup, which was the old under twenty ones. And I managed the Presidents Cup, managed the under twenty threes. The one year was one of the funniest years. Was I think ninety one or ninety two, and I was the flag manager, and they couldn't get a manager for the ball. So anyway, Bozo said, "Well." She looks like you do both, doesn't it? Said, yeah, okay, looks like I do both, doesn't it? <laughs> and those days, you used to sign them on in the dressing room with photos. And uh, I never saw a game that year because I was in the dressing room and uh, two trainers who both went on the, to be first grade. One was Brandy, uh, Greg Alexander, old sheepshead. Yep, yep. And um, anyway, what they used to do, the homeroom then was the visitor's room now at Brookie. And if you go in there, it used to be a little ante room. Anyway, um, our Brandy used to get a, um, a six-pack of beer because <laughs> Bozo didn't like any drink around the joint. So not that he, he wasn't an arc or anything, but he didn't like it around the dressing room. They used to put in a little foam esky and put it around the door. And I'd be there. I'd be like a, a little kid at school. I'd, I'd, I'd knock the top off one and sneak around it. Have a, have a swig. Well, that's all that kept me going every set because I couldn't see a game. Absolutely. That's yeah. the way to go. That's the way to go. Now, uh, obviously, today you're a life member of the Manly Football Club, the Leagues Club, and obviously the Manly Seagulls, and uh, a and genuine club champion. And the Junior League. And the Junior League, of course. Mate, you've you've seen so much over the last 50 years, and, and we should say, Foxy, that this year, 2020, uh, despite obviously COVID and the restrictions, and we certainly have missed what being down there at Lotto Land and around the boys, it's 50 years his involvement with the Seagulls. Incredible. Mm. Incredible, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess the stories, uh, and hopefully we'll get a few of them soon enough, and yep. I guess some of the players and, you know, that Wok would have seen, you know, over the years, the characters, you know, not only in the playing staff and, and not only in the first grade roster, but even in, you know, the reserve grade, the flag, you know, the SG ball coming through the ranks, you know. Wok would know everyone. He'd know all of them. So definitely um, deserving for all those years of um, volunteering for those life memberships. You know, I don't think there's any more deserving person, to be honest. No, and Nick Kosef, well, of course, one of the great Manly players. Uh, a great quote I found from Nick about you, Wok. Wok is just one of those blokes who's the backbone of the joint. Leads the team song, always up for a beer. People love him, a ripper bloke. It just sums it all up, doesn't it? Good man, the goat. Hey? <laughs> and, good, and good to come from a great bloke like him too. Mate, he's one of the best. I know I might be a bit, but I've got a soft spot for country blokes. Uh, blokes like Boxy here and Nick and Jamie and the Stewart boys and that, you know, because I always reckon we country blokes are different, you know. And uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I like to believe it anyway. But uh, but Nick, uh, he's a, um, a funny bloke. He, he, he'd do anything for you, Nick. 
He was just one of those big, kind-hearted softies, you know, and mm. who could play football. Well, you've seen all the grand final victories over the years. What, your favourite grand final team or your favourite team from those premiership years? Oh, 78. They've just, I've never known anything like, they, they just made you feel so good and proud. They were so resilient. Like to play six six games in 24 days, probably wouldn't be allowed today with the, with the doctors <laughs> and so forth. But they also had the right bloke coaching them. Frank Stanton Biscuits was, he, he was a oh, tough taskmaster. Injuries, oh, nobody got hurt. The only reason that you came off the field with Frank, you know, with those blokes, was, uh, was if they had two broken legs. One, uh, one broken leg wasn't enough to come off, <laughs> um, uh, like as far as Frank went. And then um, the replay, uh, when they played, actually the replay, that dressing room at the cricket ground, because still played at the cricket ground in, in, in those days, that that dressing room, there was more noodles in there with, there than you see on a Saturday night up at King's Cross, <laughs> honestly. Well, I think Terry had seven alone. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny that we've heard from a few mm. of the blokes from the 78, um, and that's what I was saying. They were absolutely just patched together. And, and I know, you know, Eeyore and talking to him, he just says, oh. he said, mate, I had, I, he had, I don't remember how many that I'd had. I just closed my eyes and they just kept banging them in, you know, but tough, a different yeah. breed of player, oh, a yeah. different different breed of, breed of bloke. Back See, Eeyore, boxing, like you're talking about here, I was only talking to Caso earlier. After that replay, I have never seen a more exhausted look on a human being's face than was on Igor's face. His bottom lip looked like somebody had got a spoon and just gouged it out. He was cut, his eyebrow was cut, his chin was cut, his right shoulder was just black. He was a battered man, but during the game, you would have never known. Yeah. He just gave it a But they all did. And of course, come the replay. Frog's eyes, you know, um, uh, Russell Garthner and and, and one back Graham Moody, they had they had blind as hell. How Russell missed that kangaroo tour has got my boot. We had we had uh, Russell in, didn't we? Mm. Just recently and spoke about that. Yeah, good fella, great bloke, great bloke. And of course, uh, Graham Moody, the, the one back. What was so special about the one back? Well, it was like having a seventh forward fresh on the field. <laughs> His body was about five foot long. His legs were about six inches long and it was hard to get down to him. It was Brookie after the 73 kangaroo tour when he played fullback. Um, Changa broke his, his thumb. And Teddy Goodwin was, he thought he should have got the job. And the first round after kang- uh, after kangaroo tour, kicks through down the Pitwater Road in and Wombat took it in the far corner and started to come in. And he spotted Teddy out of his right eye and went straight at him. <laughs> Just went straight over him. Good on but, you. But he was... Such a and oh, and his defence, you know, he just he was like a sheepdog with anybody. He just herded them towards the sideline, and because he was a, like he was a big man, mm. I wasn't tall, but mate, he'd have been he'd have been hundred and five kilos, I reckon, mm. and he'd just go whack. He'd take them straight into touch. He was he was a, he was a magnificent player. There's so many great players, and we want to get from you, Walker, uh, some of the best players you've seen. What defines toughness to you? Like you've talked about Terry Randall, like people talk about Jeff Toovey, the toughness of him. Yeah. What defines toughness? Toughness is, I've thought toughness is the ability to put your body on the line all occasions and be able to play wounded. That's what, like you talk about Toovey, like pound for pound, I've never seen that anything like that. That, that story Gordon Tallis tells, his first state of origin, he said, I looked, he said, oh, look at this, this little blonde leather blood. <laughs> he said, went straight at him and, and, and the quote Gordon, he said, I finished five yards back on my ass." <laughs> he said, Jeff's timing was, it was just impeccable. He just, like um, Terry and, and Jake now, you know, mm. Jake Trubovich, 
they, they just they just their time in in defence is just unbelievable. Like they just cut people in too. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Tough between the ears, you know. Like there's plenty of tough blokes out there, but to you know to be down beaten you know beaten on the scoreboard you know to dig it out grind it out you know that's that's the mental toughness and that's what i think you know differentiates the good from the greats you know when you look at twos you look at eagle you know anthony watmo's another tough bastard you know um yeah glenn stewart you know gifty you couldn't get him off the field um yeah there's so many tough tough guys out there but um yeah and we're we're lucky enough to have a heap of them who played in uh, in the maroon and white which is awesome exactly And, and and those names that you mentioned there they're the type of blokes you can be down thirty nil with two with two minutes to go, and they still reckon you can win. Mm. That's what, and they said that's what made them great. Well, that's great to hear. What we're going to do, uh, Wok and Boxy, we're going to take a uh, short break because I've just heard the halftime siren here. We do have a halftime siren here, Wok. Right. So we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor, and be back very shortly with the great Warwick Bulmer. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Wormald is a leading provider of fire protection solutions, helping to protect Australian people and property for over 130 years. Wormald's expertise spans the design, manufacture, installation and service of fire safety products and equipment backed up with a comprehensive range of fire services from engineering advice to fire safety training. You can rely on Wormald to help protect you. Visit wormald.com.au. And welcome back to our Golden Eagles podcast chat with the great Wok, Warwick Bulmer, the man who has been involved with this mighty Manly Seagulls since the 1970s and the man who simply leads the team song. And there's no better man to lead the team song, Boxy, than the great Wok is there. No, absolutely not. Now, we're going to uh, continue our chat with Walk about um, some of the great players. Now, we talked about toughness. Walk, there's so many players you've seen, and you know, we, can, we can certainly feel another episode in terms of uh, some of the players you've seen. But what about um, some of the big hitters? Let's talk about the big hitters. The ones who just went, whoa, jeez. Like Mark Bright might be one of them. We, you might surprise us <laughs> hey, here, Wok. Not, uh, not in some of the company I reckon Wok has seen. <laughs> I can think of two off the top of my yeah. head. That I think so the big yeah. hitters, Wok, the people you think, God, this bloke's never going to get up. Oh, Terry, of course. You know, Terry Randall, of course, and John O'Neill and Malcolm. Malcolm really. Oh, Malcolm was brutal. I've always thought either, either football is brilliant and he's a beast or, or a beast with ability. Malcolm and... Graham Langlands, I reckon, were cast out of the same stone. They were brilliant but brutal. Like they were lethal. Yeah, Malcolm, he used to say to Zorb, you know, Zorb, if they were playing South, say, he'd say, hey, Zorb, who, who best player? Zorb would probably say Bobby McCarthy or, or Ronnie Coote. That would be his target. Bang. He didn't care what he hit him with. He was, but he was. He, I'll never get a try. He, he scored at Leichhardt Oval. He was in the final of the cup. He just put it on his boot and and bombed it, and his head was in the air all the way through, and he weaved in and out players with looking skyward and grabbed it about ten centimetres inside the dead ball line and just put it down one handed. Unbelievable. That was just absolute brilliance. Mm. Yeah. And then you talk about the fact that if he wanted to take someone out on the field and take out the key man, he certainly would do that job. I remember Zorba telling me, Malcolm really said to him, Zorba, who's the best Penrith player here? What number? And he said, oh, such and such. And he goes, don't tell me the name, just tell me the number. And then they ran in the field and he already got to the guy before kickoff. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, he was he was just unbelievable, Malcolm. And the Cronulla Grand Final, when what had happened in that Cronulla Grand Final was earlier in the year, Malcolm had got Ronnie Turner, um, the Cronulla hooker, and oh, knocked his teeth out and so forth. And um, then uh, the opening minutes of the Grand Final, Turner got him, got him on the hip, and they come in and they needled Malcolm, and, and, and he went back out and he got stuck into a couple of them, but he he just couldn't fully last the game, you know. But um, he was just, as I said, he was clever. Brilliant and just tough and brutal. Mm. That forward pack from that 73 grand final, like Malcolm Reilly, Terry Randall, Zorba, John O'Neill, Freddie James' captain, and Bill Hamilton, like, poof. We well, see, Arco got O'Neill. The first South bike he got was a bloke called Bobby Moses. Bobby, he played in the centre in South Premiership side in 68, I think he was. in Sims were in the centre. Anyway, after the World Cup tour in 1970, Zorb got John O'Neill to come over here, and that really gave Terry and Freddie Jones some supporters as, as tough. And then he got Malcolm, of course, and that was like, just a brutal pack of forwards. Can you talk to us about Freddie Jones? Obviously, a great hooker and Manly's oh, first Premiership winning Fred. captain. Tell us about Freddie. Freddie, mate. Freddie was unique. He was just a he, just a smoke like a chimney, smoke, drink, and. Uh, Mate, he'd have he's reputed to have had a couple of um, long necks at the Harbour Hilton if they're playing the match of the day. Arco would pick him up. He, he, he already had a couple of years and invariably got the ten quid from Frank Hyde for the best player on the field. And, and um, he just, my friend was different, but you had to give him this. He was first to training and last to leave. Mm. He was never he never shirked anything, and tough. He was tough. Had no front teeth. He's arguing with the referee, and because when uh, when they made him captain, everybody thought, "Oh, oh bloody hell, what's going on here?" And he, made, and, he and he turned out a terrific. Well, he capped our first premiership side. Mm. Tell us about those celebrations, Walk. Oh well, mate, what went on then? But I tell you, to be before the integrity commission today, it was just just relentless, mate. Boxy always tells us about the great, obviously, 40 nil 2008 Premiership night celebrations and all the other ones in the past, but you would have been there in the early days before social media, Manly Leeds Clubs, 72, 73, 76, 78 grand finals. Just the fact that you're all together, everyone works so hard, whether you're a player, as you know, Boxy player or a staff member or a coach, doesn't matter you roll the seagulls. Everyone works together for that one common goal. And to see everyone yeah. celebrate together to achieve, that must be a very special feeling. Well, especially the first one in 72 because they, they beat by South in, in 51. And, of course, the good sides here, this is where I got involved, in the 50s. But see, see they made grand final 57-59. Right in the middle of St George's 11-year run, you know. And so, like, they were dead stiff. And, of course, then they come out of that. And and they run into this red hot south side in sixty eight and seventy, and then and of course then when they won in seventy two was around the Leash Club. I tell you, for about three miles every direction, you just couldn't move. It was just unbelievable because see see they were afternoon grand finals. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the three o'clock kickoff. Well, like we're back here about seven, I think. I still remember we were coming back after the two thousand eight grand final. We were sitting up the back of the bus, and it was Ben Ben Kennedy and I, BK oh, and I, were yeah. sitting there. Anyway, we we're having a chat. He's like, "How do you feel?" I said, "Mate, this is amazing." He said, "You wait till you get to the leagues club." And I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Anyway, as we 
come down the hill and looked up and there's people on the car park and mm. you know, I wouldn't have been there and those, but mate, it was absolutely chocker block. And we got there and out the front of Leagsy, all uh, absolutely chockers. And remember we threw Beaver off the bus with the trophy and said, right, hey, you lead the way. Yeah. <laughs> mate, it took us, it took us half an hour to get through the crowd, which was awesome. But yeah. Yeah. What about trying to get into the league? Yeah. When you got in the league, club box, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it just wall to wall people. Mate, you it? couldn't move. Well, you talked about your 78 grand final replay or the 78 you was your favorite grand final win. Talking boxing in about 2008, Wok, could you ever imagine a grand final score mainly winning 40 nil, and then that team that obviously Boxy played in? Just how special was that? Well, mate, it was that was we'd organ a uh, Willow organised a a, a, a buffs. No, that wasn't Willow because he he was in that squad. So, somebody organised a. I went about a 20 seat a little bus that led from the left from Brookie Oval. And we had the necessary refreshments on board, etc. And <laughs> we got out there. Then when we got went into the dressing room to wish the blokes good, you know, all the best. I have ne- I've been in a thousand dressing room. I have never been in a dressing room like that. These blokes boxed it. They, I don't reckon they even knew we were there. That was just it was just a, it was eerie, but a good feeling. Mm. And um, yeah, we walked around it and we shook shook their hands and said you know, all the best. And I said to Bobby Butch, I said. These blokes are specials today. I said, that feeling, I said, I said they're on another planet. Mm. I don't know how it felt for you, Boxy, being a player sitting there, but that's what it felt like to be that, yeah, you blokes were somewhere else special. Yeah. And you just know, like, and it's funny that they say, yeah, you, know, you walk in and you, yeah, you, know, you could just feel it. You know, there's a, there was a buzz and like an eerie, like, like Walk said, an eerie sort of feeling in there because it was just that feeling where you could feel the pressure. You know, you just look at blokes and as a player, you just knew those days where you get that feeling, you'd look at a bloke in the sheds and you get that look in the eye, you're like, yeah, he's on, you know, on. everyone's on, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and, and no one, when well, no one was going to take a backward step, which was, yeah, it's yep. pretty, pretty awesome feeling. Oh yeah. Was... As the hairs go off on the back of my neck talking about <laughs> Yes. We know the scoreline, obviously, Wok, but uh, the moment Steve Menzies scored that final try for him, the last game, like just seeing a local junior come through, you've spent so many times with him over the years watching him play. How special was that for you? Oh, mate, it was it was very special. Yeah, because um, we knew Beaver was going, and uh, he'd been such a great servant, and there was never any trouble with Beaver. You know, but you'd say to Beaver, oh, "We want this done." Beaver just say, "Yeah," and somebody say, "Well, hey, Beaver, you can't do that." Ah, uh, Beaver just go and do it anyway. He just, he just, he, he's just, he's an amazing human being. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he's just so laid back. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, you talk about Beaver. Without Beaver, uh, obviously Cliffy. Oh, Napper. Tell us, tell us about the great Napper. Oh, mate, the most silken hands, mate. I used to just watch Napper and think, how do you do this? He's just so silken, and he smoked like a chimney too, one after the other. But he was, uh, he was a funny man. He was, um, I remember one day I was up in the up in the coach's box. I was, I was manager of the Premier League or State Cup, whatever it was called in, in, in those days. And Bozo was up, up there and Cliffy got there early and he, he came up and he was sitting there and, and Bozo said, well, Napa, he said, what have we got? He said, we've got, we got Napa the football today, Napa the, the, the sleeper or who? He said, oh, Bozo, he said, You'll know the first time I touch the ball what you got. <laughs> <laughs> Beaver tells that story where he's at the yeah they're going out there on the on the bus and Cliffy would sit up the back with the window open yeah. and, and have a, and have a, have a lung buster yeah uh, and then all of a sudden you know Bozo at the front go hey Napa put that out anyway he'd throw her out the window <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about oh hey, he has given up he's been off the off oh, the darts yeah. for a long time now long time yeah, yeah. I'm actually playing golf with him tomorrow for the Burkett oh, oh. Foundation so say hello to him for me mate. Oh, well, yeah. mate. 
Unbelievable though, isn't it? Look, just to see that combination yeah. like this. They talk about great rugby league combinations like Kenny Sterling, Para, yeah. and yeah, but Cliffy and Cliffy obviously just called Beaver. Beaver here now. And just he's just he's still good. And Beaver used to run a pretty good line, of course. But it was funny because Beaver he would always be able to sniff out when he came on, he, or you know, or wherever he was, he'd be able to just sniff out that try. And he'd put himself from one side of the field to the next, yeah. moving around. But he just said, you know, when you talk to him about Cliffy, he's just like. I just knew that if I was there, I'd just hit that hole and the ball would be ball sitting there waiting for me on my chest, you yeah, know? Yeah, just his, oh, his silken hands, napper, he was, he was something special. Yeah. Yeah, Norse were pretty dirty when I got him over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Norse, before you finish up, what about the great rivalry, the, the Bears? Oh. You must have loved that. Oh, yeah, it was, I used to love to go to Norse to the Oval because uh, we mainly dominated them, but but you'd get there and all the ex- expectation, all the mob under the fig tree, <laughs> and they'd be giving it to you before the game, and then out the out the boys would go and and touch them up. And, but the rivalry was that's why that Northern Eagles was never going to work. Mm. It was like putting South and East together. Yeah, it just just never worked. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know what it happened. It happened. It was all about money. Yeah, that would have been really hard for you. What oh, to take at the time well, as well. well all but gave it away, and then then Desi got me. Yeah, Desi ran me up. He said, he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, mate, I said, I can't put up with this. And he said, listen, because he was going to coach the reserve grade side, which was manly. He said, he said, come back and manage it for me, will you? So I, I was back, the man about all but walked away. Because mm. uh, it just just didn't feel right. Mm. Just uh, It was never going to work. You had the two boys fighting and oh, it, was, it was a shamble. But come out the other end, smell a little rose, and, and we're still, since... The 1970s were still only club to win a grand final in every decade. Yep, and the club True. has never won the wooden spoon as well. That's right. There we go. Well, Walker, look, uh, mate, there's so much we can talk to you about. Uh, I think boxing, we're going to have to get Walk back for another episode. What do you reckon? I'll we'll have to go part A, part B. Well, we'll, we'll put that on to our listeners. If they contact us at the Seagulls and say, we want more Walk, we'll bring Walk back. Absolutely. Sounds good. So, Wok, uh, for the meantime, thank you very much for uh, coming in uh, today, mate. Absolute legend of the club. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. And, uh, mate, whenever we see you, there's nothing but good times ahead. Yeah, thank you very much, boys. It's been nice seeing you too, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. This has been the Golden Eagles podcast, presented by Wormald and recorded in the studios of Manly Media partner ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Sea Eagles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Sea Eagles podcast channel shows, head to seaeagles.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. Thank you.